Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. This episode is dedicated to Louis Cooper, who knocked himself out when trying to get a wave from Mo Salah, who happened to be driving past. Apparently, Louis ran into a lamppost. Ouch. Uh, but Mohammed Salah, being the genius, the Egyptian king he is, he stopped. Um, he gave him a, a shirt, apparently, and a hug. And there's a, a selfie with little Louis with a bleeding nose, and it's absolutely priceless. So Louis's dad, Joe, who posted this photo, shared this photo on social media, wanted us at Copon to pass on their huge thanks to Mo Salah, the Egyptian king, for being such a great guy. And as we know that Mo regularly tunes into Copon podcast, uh, consider that done and uh, get well soon, little Louis. Um, right. Uh, speaking of, you know, bloodied noses and all that stuff, on the Blood Red podcast, seamless link, uh, they said that Liverpool have now scored 31 goals in our last eight matches against Norwich City. Uh, so scoring four was kind of normal. Um, Shane, uh, thank you for joining me. I've got TV on the line as well. So, you know, Los Angeles, Malaysia, all represented today. Fabulous stuff. Shane, I'll go to you first. Apart from the obvious, uh, you know, badness of Alison Becker and his calf inju injury, we'll discuss that in a bit. It was a nice match, right? Yes, it was actually a really fun match to watch if you're a Liverpool fan. Um, there was a lot of great moments. Uh, the team seemed to come together in a much more fluid fashion than we had. Uh, during preseason than, than we had in the Community Shield. And I was really impressed with a lot of performances from our boys. Um, uh, yeah, the one big dark cloud hanging over the whole event uh, is, of course, Allison Becker's injury. Um, but in his absence, we can take solace knowing that our team really clicked through the gears really well. Um, defensively, I do have a little bit of worries, uh, just just a few here and there. It just seemed like we were a little rusty starting up and that we couldn't switch back on uh, defensively. Of course, then again, Norwich, uh, Norwich is very, very um, well known for being an attacking side that creates chances. They put all of their attack down that left wing. For example, yeah, Puki, he scored in the 63rd minute. He had 29 goals last year in the championship. And so, yeah, they are a very dangerous. They create they create chances. And so they had they had moments. I remember Steeperman forcing a save out of Allison at the 25th minute. That seemed to be the kind of the scariest moment in the first half. Um, but overall, I was happy with Henderson. I was happy with Jeannie. I was happy with Mo in particular. He looked so sharp, so bright. Bobby, if he would have put away one of those chances, including his, his spinning, whirling volley at the 30th minute. Um, Origi looked great. Trent Alexander-Arnold kept up with his consistent assists. Um, so yeah, overall, it looked like, it, it looked like our team again. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, yeah, absolutely. A lot of positives there. Absolutely. What did you make of it in general, TV? Liverpool 4, Norwich City 1. Uh, overall, the performance was good. You know, the performance from Bobby, Mo, Hendo, especially. He was running from one corner of the field to another corner. I think he put his hard work, his dedication on this team, you know. And Fabinho, I think no one talks about him, but he... He's a beast, actually. He tackles everything. You know, he's like the second line of defense. So I think we must credit Fabinho also. And I would say the defense is still rusty a bit. I would say it's from the left side because I've been seeing that the teams are actually trying to exploit the left side. I've seen this in past couple of games, you know, trends is like, is being too relaxed in that position, you know, sometimes. So I think we have to do something. I think Klopp have to do something with him, you know. And also more have to help Trent always because sometimes Trent is too good in going going forward, but sometimes it's he's kind of slow going to defend. So I think they have to do something for that. I think the teams, if they want to break our defense, I think they would start to go from the left side. So I think, yeah, apart from that, and then apart from the goal we concede, I think the performance was good. And I just hope LA will be back 
as soon as possible. But remember, because we've been to a Champions League final with carriers in our goal. So I think we have to keep faith on Adrian that he can, you know, carry this team until Ellie is back. And let's just get behind our team. That's what I I can say. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I just wanted to uh, add on to that. You are absolutely right about Fabinho. I uh, I had I hadn't really looked into him at all, and you're right. He kind of flies under the radar. But actually, I'm looking at his stats now, according to WhoScored.com, and he had eight tackles, which was more tackles than any of our players. So uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. He he's a beast, and he was able to get on the ball. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I completely overlooked him. No, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Fabinho, he is very key to our play. Um, one of the goals actually started from him uh, winning the ball back. It was absolutely superb move if you watch the highlights back. I believe it was Devok's goal. It starts with a wonderful, wonderful Fabinho tackle. One of eight, as you say, Shane. He is pivotal, and he's that was one position where I I hoped that we would. Uh, strengthen in the summer not that I'm moaning that we didn't but uh, you know he's he's that crucial to us that um, you know I think it would be very very difficult for us if he got injured um, you were talking about uh, uh, Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold as well uh, both of you mentioned him it's quite interesting yes because he laid on that delicious ball for Divock to score our fourth goal but uh, I think you're right Tivia I think there are lots of times because Mo is, you know, his his instructions seem to be to not track back very much because we want him as far up the pitch as possible to to cause the most havoc as possible. So then when Trent ends up on the right wing, which he often does, we lose and we lose the ball. That's the key. If we could find a way of keeping the ball better, that would be that would be brilliant. But yes, Trent, I think you're absolutely right, Tivi. I think this is something that hasn't been mentioned very much in, in other podcasts. I was looking at his passing stats. He only got 60% passing accuracy. And yes, of course, he got an assist. Extraordinary, extraordinary. But it takes more than one cross a game to make you into a good passer of the ball. 60% passing accuracy compared to the other side, Andy Robertson, who was on 91% passing accuracy. And yes, Robbo didn't get uh, an assist, but he almost did a, a number of occasions. And I thought he was the better of the two fullbacks. Um, uh, but our fullbacks are so key to our play as well, aren't they, Shane? Um, and uh, what did you think of Andy Robbo's performance? I thought Andrew Robinson's performance was uh, was really wonderful. I thought it was great. I thought he was going to score a goal. I mean, he's kind of overdue for a goal because he, he can score these screaming shots for Scotland, and we see glimpses of it uh, whenever uh, he's wearing a Liverpool shirt. But you're absolutely right. He had a... Uh, I'm looking at his stats right now. He had two shots. He had one key pass. But defensively, his stats really... Had, were able to shown through with uh, uh, his tackles, his interceptions, uh, and yeah, you already mentioned his pass success percentage. Um, so yeah, he was just running up and down the wing, and uh, it's always great to see the solidity that he provides, especially considering that uh, Norwich, where they like to go, they like to go down that left side with uh, Buendia, if I'm saying his uh, name right, uh, going down that left side and passing the ball in because they really kind of thrive on the through ball. So it was really great to have Virgil and uh, Andrew really shore that up. Um, yeah, I think you're. I think the assessment is right. Earlier again about uh, Trent Alexander Arnold is that uh, Jurgen Klopp doesn't want to see Mo so far down in the wing, but he wants to see Mo more towards the middle, uh, and that uh, Andrew uh, that Trent will be filling in that space. But you're right, whenever we do get caught out and if a team is trying to work fast on the break, they can get in. And that's where we kind of fall back on our last line of defense. So yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see tactically how we adjust because it, obviously that's not going to be a solution that's going to be found with personnel in the transfer market since that is now closed. So it's going to be interesting to see how we come up with solutions, whether in the squad or tactically. Yes, it will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whether that's uh, in the midfield, them shuffling across to help 
uh, those, you know, plug those gaps, but they're definitely there, those gaps. And uh, yes, it is a little bit disconcerting, but early days, and uh, we've got lots of time to, to fix these little things, and, and uh, I'm sure, you know, it's great that we've got so much room for improvement. Um, um, the work rate, the intensity, Jurgen Klopp said he liked those things. Uh, that was that was very refreshing, wasn't it, TV? I mean, the you know the the desire, the way that the the Liverpool players didn't give Norwich an inch, especially in the first half. But it just waned a little bit as we got towards the final whistle. Um, what did you make of it in, in terms of our our attitude, our intensity, our work rate? Uh, and for the work rate, I think we were brilliant in the first half, you know, tracking back all the balls and everything. But I'm not sure what had got into the players in the second half. They tend to lose it. But, you know, maybe Norwich came up with a plan, tried to get between the lines, tried to stop the Liverpool attack. I think if we realise that when teams start to move the ball quickly, we tend to, like, especially if we watch the community show, like, from the first half, City played quickly and we couldn't get into, couldn't get any ball first and couldn't get any chance for moving forward. I think that's what, that's what Norwich, you know, came out for the second half. I think when they begin to move the ball quickly, I think, yeah, I think our players maybe they uh, lose some focus sometimes, but I think it's just early season. So yeah, if you watch the yesterday's the Villa against first game, Villa was also they were pressing them, they were uh, pressing Spurs, you know. So I think yeah, I think it's a brave approach by Norwich to actually play like that against us at Anfield, but it's still early stages. I think we. We can improve in that, but I think the work rate overall was good in the first half. I think, yeah, the second half, I think we have to, I think Klopp will get it done as time passes. So maybe the players are still rusty, but I think it will uh, go on when the time passes by. Yeah, it's a marvellous answer. And yes, we can trust Kloppo to fix these things. He's certainly aware of it. Um, the next player I want to talk about from this match, uh, I was very interested with Divock. I mean, he's a he's an odd player, isn't he? I mean, he he can fall over um, quite often. He can kick the ball into touch. He can let the ball run under his foot. But at the same time, if he gets one chance, he whacks it in the net, whether that's against Norwich City or Barcelona or uh, Spurs, you know, with a 4% chance of that shot going in and finding the bottom corner. He's an absolute enigma. So against Norwich, he played for 74 minutes. He got a goal. Obviously, he played that sort of cross that was deflected into the goal for the for our first uh, goal of the game. He could have had an assist because it was his lovely low pass that found Henderson when Henderson hit the bar. Um, he was when he was he was very direct, and I love that about his game. He was so direct. Um, you know when he's confident and when he's running at defenders, you don't. I mean, you can tell they're you know he's just they don't know what to do with him. But importantly and interestingly, Bobby Firmino got a lot of praise rightly for his performance. He was probably my man of the match. But D- Divock got three tackles and one interception, whereas Bobby, who's famous for his his defensive work, got one tackle and no interceptions. And he's an interesting guy, Divock Origi. Obviously, uh, Shane, he's he's not going to start when Mane is ready and fit and firing because Sadio Mane, when he came off the bench, looked like dynamite in human form. Absolutely marvellous stuff. But uh, Divock's an interesting guy. How happy are you that he stayed with us? And how much can we expect from the Div? I am absolutely excited that Divock Origi stayed after the uh, amazing appearances that he had last season. Uh, This season and in preseason, he's been continuing that goal-scoring form, that run. It seems with everything that's happened, and rightly so, with lifting the European Cup and then the Barcelona comeback, that his confidence is at, is beyond an all-time high. It is 
I, I'm, I'm not a loss for words to uh, for another analogy or metaphor to describe how high it is. Regardless, though, um, I think it shows, and I think that self-confidence plays into um, the kind of mentality that I believe FSG and Klopp are trying to take uh, with our players, our available members of the squad, and with our, uh, our acquisitions in the transfer market about getting players who are undervalued, underappreciated, to not only reach their suspected full potential, but to actually exceed that potential. And I think that's what we're seeing with Divock Origi in the plainest form. Um, yes, I think there are some moments where he does have like a bad touch or a ball gets away from him, but also Bobby Firmino had two, uh, two actually registered moments of, um, two moments of bad control. Um, so I think I think sometimes Divock uh, can kind of get a magnifying glass on everything he does because he he's stepping into big shoes of Sadio Mane there on the left wing. So any minor ball that might get away from him or that might be wasted, we magnify. And any chance that he gets that he puts away, I mean, there, he only had one shot and one goal. So yeah, it's, it's insanely impressive what he does. Um, Whoscore.com gave him a rating of... 8.09. You're right. He had two key passes. Um, he has this quality where he's able to force situations, as we saw with uh, the Everton goal. And now, granted, Jordan Pickford, that's probably more of an error on him. But Divock Origi seems like he's able to just persistently and tenaciously force chances and kind of maximize the XG moments, if you will. So yeah, I'm so excited for uh, for what he's going to be able to do. And I think with these solid minutes, I can kind of see and I kind of suspect that some of those moments of miscontrol or a ball going underneath his foot, I think those might be quelled. But my fingers are crossed. Well, I think we have to remember that before his injury, he was scoring lots of goals and playing well for us. I think he's finding the feedback. I think... Yeah, he would be a crucial player for us in coming years, you know. So I think it's good to have him in our team. Uh, since now, this touch is gone. So I think it's going to be him, between him and Bobby, I think he's going he's gonna to challenge Bobby for the place. But obviously, <laughs> Bobby is going to take up the place. But yeah, the way that he scores the crucial goals for us, you know. That is the important thing. And whenever he gets the ball, he the next moment you can see the ball is in back 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 in the net. So I think it's good to have a player like this in our team, you know. So yeah, we have to remember the way that he played before he get injured. It was he was phenomenal that time. He was totally phenomenal, yeah, absolutely. Before his injury, yeah, Funes Mori, wasn't it? The Evertonian numbskull who hacked him down and then kissed the Everton badge. I'm sure he got some kind of, I don't know, spots on his lips the next day for kissing that muck. But uh, anyway, the, you know, staying on Divock TV, I mean, do you think that, I mean, how high is Divock's ceiling? I mean, Shane, you were struggling for a metaphor before, perhaps, you know, can he get higher than, um, I'm struggling as well, uh, can he get higher than, uh, I don't know, Snoop Dogg in Amsterdam, in terms of, can he, can he be, can he be better than before his injuries, what I, is my question for you, TV, I mean, what can we expect from the big guy? Yeah, I think, you know, if he's getting the minutes, and the most important thing that he's getting the trust of Klopp, I think he's going to be some good player, I think, in the future, you know. He's going to be a better one before his injury. The minutes that he gets now, I think he has to use it wisely, you know. We have to not take it for granted and he has to show whatever he has. He's in this club because Klopp has given him another chance, you know. I think I think he's proving it all the time when he plays, you know. We have to see it the last season how he played. Whenever he's been called upon, he used the chance well, I think. Yeah, he's going to be a sub player in the future for us if we continue to play like this and eventually better than the way that he played before his injury. Yeah, 
I like that, yeah. That's his bar and he needs to go beyond his bar and he can do it. I, I, I agree with you. He's still young enough. He's still going to learn and he's going to use these minutes and get better. And yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be marvellous. Um, other performers that stood out, I me, mean, Bobby Firmino, um, Mo Salah. I mean, um, do we take him for granted? Uh, uh, I'm going to stay with you again, TV. Mohamed Salah. I mean, he got he got a goal, he got an assist. Um, he was just generally brilliant. He was man of the match for, for lots of people, um, you know, in terms of uh, the statistics, sites and all that stuff. And he was causing havoc. He looks he looks back. Uh, well, I don't know. He was always at his best, wasn't he, TV? Mohamed um, Salah. Um, is he still underrated? I mean, I've heard Liverpool fans say that Sadio Mane is our best attacker, but that's nonsense, isn't it? It's still Mo, the the Egyptian king. Yeah, I agree with you. When Liverpool fans say Mane is a better player than Salah, I think I have to disagree with them, especially in terms of scoring goals, because most our most of our goals came from Salah. But Mane is good in, how to say, like breaking the defense, like controlling the game. But Salah is is important for scoring goals. But I think I would say, I'm sorry to say this, but my father always tells me, he's a City fan, he always tells me, without Salah, Liverpool, you know, wouldn't be there last season. And I think, yeah, because whenever he wasn't there, we might, we struggled a bit, uh, but I think Salah is much more important than Mane for us. But Mane, but when these two are playing, we can see like a different type of play between them. But I would say sometimes more is more towards the goal. He wants to score the goals by himself, you know. I think that's what made some Liverpool fans disagree to that. But I think if Mo can sometimes when he's in the box, you know, he has the chance to score. It's good that he scores, but if we see someone else, you know, in the box, I think it's better for him to, you know, pass the ball to him, pass the ball to the other player and score. But yeah, sometimes Mo is like, you know, I'm stay <laughs> stingy, you know, he wants to score all the goals, but Mo is our important player than money for me and he's still underrated for me because even the last season when there were question marks were raised upon him that really able to replicate the first season that he had with Liverpool I think he did it brilliantly I think he's raring to go this season I think we might able to see the more that we saw in in the first season for us it's going to be a crucial for player for us this time. Gosh, I hope so. I hope so. And uh, I would agree with your dad. I have to say, if you take Mo Salah out of this team, the obvious exception, I can I can hear the listeners already uh, in the future listening to this going, yeah, well, what about Barcelona? He wasn't there in the return match at Anfield. Yes, he wasn't there at the return for the return match at Anfield, but that was I'm sorry to say, a bit of a freak result. I mean, it was a beautiful result. It was an amazing result. But without Mohamed Salah, we do, we are missing things. And I would say it's not just for his goals, Tivi. I think it's for his movement and, you know, his passing. And, you know, I mean, he got, he well, in, in the charity shield, he got 22 out of 23 correct passes i mean complete passes it's 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 mind-blowing how good he is and uh, i think yeah he's still underrated he's still underrated um okay i mean you know his finish i mean just to just to just to finish up talking about mo um i mean that finish shane uh it was just glorious and i are you are you expecting more um from uh, from from our, I mean, I said Egyptian king before. From from our talisman and all that stuff. Um, are you expecting more from him? Is he gonna, as TV said, is he gonna match the heights of his forty-four goal season? I think that's all. That's hard. Is he gonna hit exactly forty-four goals? That's hard to say. I think he's definitely going to be more confident. I think there's less pressure in some ways 
because we've now gotten that trophy, that trophy mojo mumbo jumbo out of the way. It's when are they going to win a trophy? When are they going to win a trophy? When are they going to win a trophy? That's done. That's over now. They've lifted the most important trophy in competitive club football. So he's already and and he is now a Champions League winner for the rest of his life, a champion of Europe. So like he's already got that, you know. In, in certain areas of life and in industry and when you do anything, if you have your eyes set on a really high prize and a certain plateau and you envision and you think, oh, it's going to be like this when I get there, when I finally reach here, when I finally achieve this, then I'm going to be on this level, then it's going to be that. We are now in that phase of Mohamed Salah's professional football career is that he is now on the other side of, oh, my that dream came true. And so he is, I have absolute confidence that he, any sort of drought or any, any sort of mental shakeup will be sort of marginalized or it'll be reduced. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to have an absolutely perfect season where there, not, there may or may not be a, a, a dip in form, but I, I know that he has the mental rebound. He has the capacity now to rest in his laurels, so to speak. Um, with his confidence and ability. I, and I've grown to love the type of goals that he scored against uh, Norwich. That type of one-two pass, keeping it on the ground, just a really quick whip shot uh, from the side of his foot. Uh, whenever Mo first came to Liverpool, I thought he was always going to be really going for these curling kind of uh, outside-the-box goals. And like, he does go for those as often as he wants to, or maybe not as often as he wants to. But I've grown to love these tight angles, really just like outside the six-yard box or inside the six-yard box, very tight, rolling on the, on the ground angles. I, I've grown to love them as some of my favorite goals that he scores. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. What a what a great player to have on our team. What a hero. What a hero. Um, couple of couple of yeah, the darker side to look at now. A couple of things from the darker side. Uh, firstly, um, uh, TV talked about it before that yeah, we've got to have faith in in Adrian because uh, Allison, according to James Pierce. Uh, formerly of the Liverpool Echo, now of the Athletic, uh, saying that he's out for four to eight weeks with his calf in injury. So let's just have a quick look at what games that might be. Um, that's uh, obviously Wednesday's Super Cup game against Chelsea. Then um, Southampton, Burnley, Champions League first game, the League Cup third round. Uh, Arsenal, Newcastle, Chelsea, Sheffield United, uh, the Champions League uh, match day two, and Leicester City. That's not in um, chronological order, but it's all of those games. That's 11 games between now and eight weeks' time. Um, can we, I mean, oh, Adrian, I don't know, Shane, I'm, what do you think? Can, do you trust Adrian? I mean, he showed some lovely passes. Can we get through these 11 games? I mean, our, our whole season can unravel, could, couldn't it? Depending on how well our goalkeeper performs. The goalkeeper performance is obviously very important. I am I, I am hesitant to say that it's going to unravel. I mean, if we were to lose all 11 games, then yeah, everything would unravel. Looking at that, looking at all those possible games from that fixture list... There's only kind of a couple that really do concern me. One of those being the UEFA Super Cup uh, versus Chelsea. Though, then again, uh, having just seen the scoreline of the battering that they took from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and United for nothing, I'm a little less worried about it. Uh, I'm wor- I, I would be I'd be worried about the Arsenal game a little bit. They are potent attacking side, and I know that the last time that he faced Arsenal, he kind of uh, as a West Ham keeper. Arsenal won due to some mistakes by him, but those were in his former West Ham days. So I'm sure the moment he saw, put pen to ink on that Liverpool contract, so many of those problems went away, and then. <laughs> Um, obviously, UCL, uh, the Champions League match day one and match day two are concerning because you you don't want to get put into the hole in the group stage uh, that early on because we do have our title to retain. Um, 
I, I trust him. He's confident. As soon as the camera was on him, as soon as he got off the bench, and I saw players like turning back and looking at him, and he and it, I, you know, obviously I'm not a lip reader, but I imagine they they looked at him and it it seemed like what they might have said is you're good, you're ready, you can do this, and he just just plainly as he's strapping on his gloves, yeah, just nodded his head like he was very confident, cool as a cucumber, if you will. Um, so I liked that about him. Granted, I wasn't happy about the one goal that was conceded. I'm willing to put to share the blame between him and uh, I mean it was kind of a hard fingertip save, and it was uh, uh, and I'm willing to put some of the blame on the defense as well. I'm not, I'm kind of not with the whole Liverpool camp, the Liverpool fans that are uh, saying we don't need to worry about any goals that we concede. Um, because we saw what Manchester City did against uh, West Ham, 5 nothing. So I do think the goals that we concede are a bit of a worry. Now I know I sound like I'm nitpicking because 4-1 is a great scoreline. And yes, he's brand new and he was put in there and put into a bad position. And you got to give something to Norwich for uh, what they were able to pull off. So yeah, you have to give them that goal. Um, I have confidence in him. I... I have I I'm confident in the team. I I guess my only I guess my only concern is I just don't want to end up in a situation where we're we're leaking too many goals and his confidence that he's that he might be gaining uh, were to be shaken. Yeah, I mean I think you're very harsh to blame him for for the goal, but I mean you know that's just a difference of opinion. I don't think there's much you could do. I thought that was a a fabulous finish. I was saying, yeah, I was saying you have to give, I guess, if you could do like 33 and a third all the way around, 33% blames going to our defense, and then 30, you know, maybe less than, yeah, it's a great shot. It's a great shot. I think it's harsh. I guess I've been used to Allison Becker rushing in, because in moments like that, Allison Becker pushes up and he closes down the angles, and he usually gets his big giant body in the way and closes down a shot like that. So... Yeah, and then just based on Manchester City's five-goal performance, just seeing that, it just put a little bit of a, a diminish on it. But yeah, you're right. I'm probably being too harsh. But uh, in the way that I'm not as harsh is that I'm not one of these Liverpool fans that is quaking in my boots that the Premier League trophy is about to implode. I do not think our Premier League campaign is going to implode over these next fixtures that I see. And I, and to the contrary, I have seen a lot of Liverpool fans worry about our points over the next few games with him in goal. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could be an overreaction. How do you feel about it, TV? Adrian, with those 11 games, potentially? I think there are games we can win, but there are games, you know, that might be difficult, especially Southampton, I think, Burnley, maybe, and also Arsenal. But I think we have to keep faith on him because he's new to the club and he's experienced. More to that, he was a Premier League player. I think he might have a lot of experience, you know, playing in the Premier League. He knows everything about it. I think we just have to get behind him, you know, because we have to give the trust that we gave to Carriers two seasons back, you know, and we have to remember that with Carriers, we went to the Champions League finals. So why not we have to give him a chance? I think the, the next game, I think Chelsea, it will be less concern for us looking at their score just now. I think with having our defense, with having Van Dyke in front of him, he's gonna give him a huge confidence and with all his abilities, I think he's gonna make his mark, I think, but there are games that we might struggle because we have struggled back then. I'm worried about the Burnley game and also the Southampton game. Without Ellie in our goal, but let's see. We just have to trust him and give him the boost and confidence to him to re- replicate what Ellie has done for us last season. Well, it's it's a marvelous answer and a very good point about Carrius. Uh, that uh, yeah, we got it. We trusted Carrius. Uh, we got all the way to the Champions League final. We should we should do the same for Adrian. Of course we can. Um, absolutely. Um, uh, yes. Uh, and you both mentioned it before. Uh, we, we're recording this just after Chelsea uh, lost to Old Trafford 4-0. I think they did us a favour by being so 
rubbish uh, at Old Trafford because they made Man United look good. Now, Man United, of course, they will take confidence from this 4-0 win against Chelsea. But I think Frank Lampard will be the first manager to get sacked. I think Chelsea are in all sorts of bother, especially if Lampard chooses Barkley on the left instead of Pulisic. And, uh, you know... They've got so many, they just don't have an edge. They lost their best player, Azard. And, you know, looking at Wednesday, I mean, we've got to just hope, uh, don't we, Shane, that they, you know, the same team pretty much turns up without Kante. I mean, they were absolutely abominable against Manchester United. They were, they were uh, uh, such a pale shadow of their former selves you know the great team with with Didier Drogba and and uh, John Terry and uh, you know and uh, you know all the other really good players Lampard himself this was this was a team that was it was <clears throat> I don't know it was the difference between you know uh, a shot of vodka and you know a, a glass of weak uh, lemon cordial. I mean, this Chelsea team—they're—they're they're rubbish. We're gonna—we're gonna hammer them in Istanbul, won't we, Shane? Oh yeah, I think we're gonna hammer them. I have a question for you though. You still think Frank Lampard is still going to be the first manager sacked this season, even with their like transfer ban uh, and that sort of restriction? Oh yes, 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 yes. I think. I, th- I mean, it's just a hunch, and I've been wrong many times in the past with my hunches. But um, I, I, the way I see it, I mean, he's he's on a, a bit of a free hit. That's the you know what everybody's saying at the start of the season, and and uh, but also people are saying that he's got good players. Um, I would say he's got maybe two or three good players, and that's it. His 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 defense. I mean, Kurt Zuma, he can be an excellent player, but he just doesn't seem to have. I don't know the composure at the, to play for a top team. I mean, he's a wonderful player with an Everton team. He was great for Everton last season, but you know, a top six team, he, he's just lacking something. So in defence, they've got problems, big, big problems. If he uh, he insists on playing the Jorginho, Jorginho needs super rapid, tr- tricky attackers like he had at Napoli. Uh, you know, like the brilliant Mertens, for example, Insigne. Wonderful, wonderful attackers. They don't have that at Chelsea. Pulisic uh, looks good, but he's not, I don't know, his numbers don't back up his talent. He's a bit of a Lalana type character. Um, and I don't know. He's. Pfft. I just think Lampard will get sacked if... Chelsea end up in let's say something crazy like uh, 15th position in the Premier League and I think all of that goodwill you know it, it evaporates fairly quickly if the results are abominable you know not just bad but abominable and I've just got a feeling that's what's going to happen and I think it will continue on Wednesday I can't see them stopping us. I can't see Chelsea's defence or their midfield stopping us, Shane. I absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah, with the team, absolutely. I I was just, yeah, I was just surprised, but you're right. All of that goodwill and all of those those good moments don't really last in football. People tend to only really count the present and that seems to be what's important always in the moment and so yeah no you're absolutely right he he is on a bubble that might burst very quickly um but yeah i have full confidence in us based on how we are able to function as a team how we are able to connect with our interplay with how our forwards looked in shape with Mane, with how he looked as he came on i i, I think he could actually maybe even start the super cup um so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Super Cup. I'm excited about this. These are this is one of the games that I've been looking forward to all off season. Just a chance to to lift a European trophy. I haven't seen Liverpool lift in, uh, uh, lift in my lifetime. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm full of confidence, especially after the result today. Um, okay, on that, I mean, because you really want it, you wouldn't you wouldn't do anything crazy and and rest anyone. Uh, in the Super Cup, but because we've got Southampton uh, on Saturday, and you know, I mean, I would be tempted myself, but um, 
You wouldn't you wouldn't rest anybody, Shane, no? I mean you you'd go all guns are blazing. I would I would say I would only rest uh, if we gain the lead early. I would try to go and get and win the cup early and gain the lead and then make substitutions maybe at 50 minutes or at halftime or uh, at the latest 60 minutes. But I wouldn't even try to put an hour. I would say try to get the job done in under 50 minutes with our front three, with our normal squad, and then from there make changes so that we can uh, rest who we need to rest. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. It makes sense to me. But uh, TV, I don't know. What about you? I mean, it's it's. Um, you said before you're worried about Southampton. Me too. I think uh, you know Klopp mentioned that Norwich City looks like a potential banana skin, but this Southampton game looks like a classic banana skin, in my opinion. They yes, they lost their their first game away to Burnley three nil, but they were unlucky. Uh, I think, and uh, I don't know. I would be maybe tempted to. To, to rest one of our key players, what what do you think for Wednesday? I think, as Shane said, you know, if we can win the game as early as possible, I think we can rest some players, especially either Bobby or Mane or maybe more. But I don't think, I, I, I don't see Klopp resting more. I think he's going to play the full 90 minutes. But I think there there will be chance where either Mane or Bobby will be subbed off because Mane is just coming off. I don't think he might match fit enough. I think he's going to play just 60, 70 minutes and Klopp is going to uh, sub him off. You know, he's going to bring either Diwok or maybe Genie can play in that position. So, yeah. It's going to be a tricky game for us in Southampton. And I'm pretty sure that Klopp will make sure that all the players are in a good condition, you know, not to get injured in this Super Cup. I think if we can win the game, you know, maybe in just 60, 70 minutes, then I think there will be chance that we might sub off these players. Yes, okay, so not from the start then. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I would agree, yeah, we need to start with our big guns, but yeah, bring them off if we're, well, when we're hammering uh, Frank Lampard's underperforming, uh, underprepared Chelsea team. I'm, I'm super confident uh, for Wednesday after their, their drubbing at Old Trafford. I'm going to say, I'm going to say probably uh, 3-1, to, to Liverpool, I think. Um, they just won't be able to stop us. Um, do you have any uh, predictions for Wednesday? And also, how do you see the game going against Southampton next week, uh, Shane? Yes, my, so I guess if I'm going to lay down a prediction, in the, uh, I'm going to lay it down a line in the sand for Istanbul Super Cup. I would, I would, I am, I'm going to say 3-0 Liverpool. So that's going to be my prediction there. And then for the Southampton game, I think, I think I'm a little less worried than you two, though I do think your worries and concerns are warranted. Uh, I personally, uh, I think we'll be able to handle Southampton. Um, I, I'm more, I guess I'm more worried about a Burnley uh, later on, but regardless, uh, I, th- I think uh, I think especially if we win the Super Cup, uh, I think we can go in, and I and I think Klopp does a great job of making sure we respect opponents that could be perceived as weaker or less uh, if you choose to view other teams in that manner. And I think Klopp does a great job of dispelling things like that and approaching each challenge as an individual event that is not reliant on things before or uh, things that come before or after and that you can really try to assess your opponent and take them seriously and take it on just as like you would take on a Barcelona or a Manchester City. Um, and I think they know that's what's on the line in terms of winning the Premier League trophy. So I'm feeling confident. Yeah, I love that answer. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're absolutely right to bring up Jürgen and, and, and how brilliant he is at and avoiding the banana skins by motivating the team 100%. Uh, 
I've read a, a really nice stat. Um, can't remember where it came from. I didn't make a note of where, so sorry about that. But um, apparently no manager in Liverpool history has accumulated as many points as Klopp after this many games. He's, he, he's managed 145 league games and got 299 points, which is incredible. Uh, and Kenny Dalglish is second on that list with 287 points from 145 games. And if you think about the teams that, uh, I don't know, it's a different era, really. I mean, you, I don't know if you can compare eras, but Jurgen Klopp, I mean, let's uh, just finish on a, you know, a, a word on our manager. He said, uh, TV, that he's, you know, if people ask him about the European Cup and they do and they tell him how happy they are that we've won it, etc. But he's he's just sort of ignoring them and he's focusing on the present and he's 100%, you know, committed to this season. This season is, is going to be a big one. And um, he's just marvellous, isn't he, Jurgen Klopp? Do you, uh, what do you want to say about about our big, beautiful German manager? Yeah, I think he's just ignoring the fact that we won the Champions League, you know. I just I think he just wants the players not to get too carried away that we have just won the Champions League and we are the European champions. But what what he's doing, I think he's correct because he just wants the players to get too carried away because when the players are too carried away they tend to lose focus on games and everything. So yeah, that's a good decision by him. And the points that he accumulated is something phenomenal, I think. I have to say this, this is a true true story, you know. When Rogers was in the brink of being sacked, I was having a discussion with my friend, you know, who's going to come in for this job. And my friend was very confident that Klopp is going to come in. But I was pretty unsure that if Klopp might, fit our Liverpool club, but ah, my God, he has changed me totally. He, whatever he said on his first interview that to make doubters to believers, I think he made me from being a doubter to believer in just, in, in just few seasons, you know, I think he changed my mind. He changed my mind, especially on the way that I looked football and also watch football and I just love him you know I would never ever have or trade any other managers for him I just want him to be our manager the manager of Liverpool Football Club forever wonderful yeah me too absolutely I mean he's such a great guy and that's a wonderful wonderful answer um uh, do do we have anything else to talk about? Well, Shane, do you want to talk about the manager? Do you want to talk about something else just to finish up for us for today, please? Sure, absolutely. Um, as I spoke, I guess, last time I was on the podcast, I mentioned uh, like a tactics uh, educational little section. And I did not properly, pre- I did not properly prepare for that. So instead, <laughs> oh man, uh, so instead... Uh, I wanted to bring up two things, uh, uh, I guess three things. First off, yeah, Jurgen Klopp's amazing, he's wonderful, and I think we can all trust in him with whatever he does because somehow that mad, crazy, scientist, genius brain of his always seems to, to pull, a, pull a rabbit out of the hat. Uh, number two, I saw that Lionel Messi's uh, deflected free kick was uh, named the goal of the Champions League season last year. The one, his deflected free kick against us, uh, the one that went off Joe Gomez's uh, uh, right shoulder that went into the goal. And I just think, ugh, what a terrible goal to pick. Not just because it was against Liverpool, but just like, it was deflected. Like, yes, it looked really beautiful, but like, it would have it really kind of hit the wall. Like if that was done with no deflection and the arc and everything else, I would say, yeah, give give him the award. But I don't know. I thought I thought Liverpool scored some goals. I mean, I would have given the goal of the season to uh, to the Devox comeback goal or that corner kick. It just seemed like that corner kick had more ingenious to it than a deflected shot. So whatever the, that. I mean, if that's the only award that Messi wins from that, then then that's good fine with me. And I think the last thing is that we are currently 280 days away from May 17th when Liverpool will lift the Premier League trophy. So that's all you have to wait. It's just 280 more days. 
<laughs> I love that. I think you are absolutely correct. You know, on what an awful goal they have chosen to be the best goal scorer in the Champions League. I think, yeah, it was quite awful. You know, I think that would be the pretty much the one award that he's gonna win for the last season. What we can do because they have to give him something because he was uh, phenomenal in phenomenal in away games and he scored most goals. I think he's just one way to, you know, how to say, is <laughs> just to give him something because he's messy. So yeah, but I don't agree with that. I think the, as you said, the Origi's goal deserved it because it was unique. You know, that free kick he he scores every time. You know, but this corner and also the goal scored by Origi, you won't often see. It. So I think yeah, FIFA messed up there. So. We can't do anything there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. They they messed up again. I mean, uh, you know, but remember last year with when Mo Salah, I mean, sort of his third or fourth, maybe sixth or seventh uh, best goal of last season against Everton, one goal of the season. Sorry, two seasons ago. Um, now, back in, in 17, 18, because they just felt sorry for him. They wanted to give him some kind of award and they didn't give it to Gareth Bale for his overhead kick in the Champions League final. So we, we can't trust these people as far as we can throw them. Just look at the people they're, you know, allowing to run their teams and their organisations. And, you know, I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to accuse anybody of anything, but just, you know, allegedly there are one or two alleged actors accusations out there that you could allegedly look up for your alleged selves and uh, that uh, that's a marvelous way to to end things unless you have anything more to say Tivia yeah i don't think so i think that's all for me well it, well it's it's been brilliant having you both uh, here you know we've got the super cup to come on wednesday bring it on bring on lampards stumbling fumbling blindly, I don't know, groping in the dark Chelsea. And, uh, you know, thanks to both of you uh, for being here. And uh, I can't wait for Wednesday. I don't know about you. So there we have it. Thank you so much, wholeheartedly, completely with all the heart for listening, uh, you lovely lovely chocolate button my name is owen and uh, you can follow us on twitter at cop on podcast you can send us an email cop on podcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on patreon and uh, win some prizes if you wish to that's patreon.com forward slash cop on podcast um so as the last sprinkling of icing sugar is dusted onto the sponge of this episode let me just leave you with some words from the excellent turkish poet orhan veli kanik i listen to istanbul my eyes closed first a light wind blowing a soft wind swaying the leaves in the trees and far off in the distance the tinkling cups of the water cellar. I listen to Istanbul, my eyes closed.